Dr. Diana Wiley, and I am your host of Love, Lust, and Laughter. I'm welcoming Dr. Carol Queen back because she was here two weeks ago because she is a natural. <laughs> uh, May is National Masturbation Month, and well, masturbation, who better to talk about this touchy area? <laughs> Then my guest. Hello again, my friend, my colleague, Dr. Carol Queen. Hello, Dr. Diana. I am a member of the Masturbation Hall of Fame. So oh. I, I think I'm qualified to talk oh. about this. Hall of Fame. Oh, that's <laughs> great. How did you get that honor? <laughs> well, it was one of the things that uh, that we did as part of the National Masturbation Month festivities, you know, the, the, the backstory of Masturbation Month is that Good Vibrations founded it in 1995 because we were so upset that then President Clinton had yeah. fired Surgeon General Dr. Joycelyn Elder's fantastic, inspirational first woman surgeon general first black woman surgeon general just just an amazing person and we were upset because she got fired for saying a tiny sensible thing about masturbation so we we decided to talk about masturbation all the time forever especially in may and made this month and it caught on and every may then of course we would add some fun extra stuff to gain attention and get people to talk some more about masturbation one of those things was the masturbation hall of fame and mostly hall of famers are uh, performers and musicians and people like that who have included masturbation references in their artwork uh, but uh, I and a few other sex educators got in on it as well. I was very honored. This was not even my idea to join it. Someone else asked me if I would. Well, I think you're eminently qualified, my goodness, because you have been the staff sexologist at Good Vibrations. Yes. And for people that don't know, this is a national chain of sex toy stores. And since 1990, Dr. Carroll has enjoyed rather a unique platform because she can focus on sex education and women's pleasure. Uh, yes. We're also going to discuss and weave into it, um, into the masturbation piece, uh, how to have bad sex <laughs> and how to have bad sex. Um, so we're gonna talk about comparing yourself to others. See, because there may not be just one way to have good sex, but I believe that there are a few surefire ways to not get what you want sexually and to increase the chances of having bad sex. So we're going to talk about those ways, which would be, as I said, started to say, compare yourself to others, ignore your body, stop paying attention, grow up, get serious. Believe that ignorance is bliss. Confuse sex entertainment with sex education. That's a big one. And Dr. Carol and I, she'll have a lot to say about that one in particular. Uh, and then finally, let fear be your guide. Um, you know, we the, these things need to be discussed, need to be discussed because sexuality may be the most subjective aspect of human experience it's really subjective it can you sort of i mean we we have lots of uh old quizzes and six step sex books and and you have a lot of tips in your wonderful book the sex and pleasure book good vibrations guide to great sex for everyone you have a lot of tips a lot of things in your book but it's also sort of psychological and philosophical Maybe you can just talk about the subjective aspect of, of human experience that sex is and, um, and, and how your, your book deals with that. Well, yes, because, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're asking about this. And thank you for, for uh, referencing my book and recognizing it. But part of what, part of what makes for the, the kind of tips and tricks element um, when I was sitting down to do this book was that so many people 
don't ever get any information or support about the ideas of, of how to do things differently, how to expand, how to explore. And one of the things I think that you're talking about in the bad sex, you know, these, these recipe items that you've, yeah. that you've put together and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and you're a sex therapist, so you should know. I, I think it's so common for people to think there's one way that sex is supposed to happen. And if they don't match that, that's where the problem lies without fully understanding that this one way that they've got in their head uh, came into their head through no real research experience, uh, sex education, knowledge base. It's just it's 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 wisps of information that we start grabbing out of the cultural air when we're kids, isn't it? You know, we, we, we watch movies or we watch porn or, or rom-coms or whatever they may be. We, we get sociocultural hints, but they, they don't necessarily come from any knowledge base. And, and so when people compare themselves to that pile of stuff, well, that's a mess. That's that's a recipe for needing to go and see you as a therapist, <laughs> or at the very least, pick up a book like mine and start to thumb through it and see if there are things that you have never considered for yourself that maybe ring your bell when you find out about them and, and hear them taken seriously. That's what I really want to do when I talk about sexuality is encourage everyone to take all of these different options seriously, because none of them, except non-consensual ones, Yes. Should be off the table. They're on the table for someone. For some, they are the, the only way sex looks. And for some, they are the best way sex looks. So so let's all take them seriously, whether we do them or not. <laughs> Your book is just excellent. And we've talked about that uh, in the past. And when we will in the future, too. Um, so let's let's talk about the first bullet point a little bit more uh, on how to have bad sex, and, and that is to compare yourself to others. Um, and I always say, if you want to do something useful for your sex life, focus on yourself and anyone you're having sex with. <laughs> you know, it may be just one partner, it may be others, uh, several, but usually it's just one. Focus on yourself and your partner and don't turn away. Uh, Comparing yourself to others is just such a mistake given our, well, you've already talked a little bit about the socio-cultural stuff that goes on. Yes. And, and you know, the part of this, I mean, th- this really is a, a, a good thing to talk about during National Masturbation Month because masturbation, of course, is about self-pleasure, but it's also about learning about yourself and about self-knowledge. And when I, when I talk to groups and sort of try to try to get get my arms around this this big varied thing that is sexuality i i really encourage people to know thyself and who encourages them to do that on a sexual level you know if we are very lucky we get with a partner uh, or a community of friends who value this and and do it openly enough that anybody who has nervousness or shame around something like that loses it because they get the right kind of support but so many of us are you know over in our corner either not understanding how our own sexual response works or feeling guilty if we can give ourselves sexual pleasure and never mentioning a word about what we learn to partners Uh, and sometimes partners aren't open to that either so so that's just a mess it's it's so much better to be able to explore ourselves, learn some things, have some pleasure, share with a partner who says, I'm so glad you showed me that or told me that we can have even more fun now. We can be even closer now. And that I think is what for people who want to have their sex contextualized in a relationship, not everyone does, but for those who do, it's that sense of pleasure and closeness. I think that that they often so crave and they don't understand that not telling their own truth to their partner and vice versa often is a way for that to to be stepped on it's just it's just a shame because it's really once you once you take a deep breath and start to speak it's relatively easy (laughs) certainly compared to some other things that that we might be up against and and i just really want to encourage people 
uh, solo and partnered to take that seriously? To take that seriously. And in my experience, uh, one of the hardest things that that couples in sex therapy, uh, uh, one of the hardest things that they uh, have to do when I give them homework is, uh, I don't give it right off the bat, but to, um, after they do solo pleasuring, and it is the best way to find out about your own responses and what works for you, to go and do show and tell with your partner. Yes. And he or she can do the same. And you have at Good Vibrations, one of the things that is just great is that you have this educational component. And don't you have show and tell tonight to talk about that? We do have show and tell is the name of our education program. Now, I want to clarify that the way we do show and tell isn't the way that you're recommending couples do, which is to drop their their pants and and show (laughs) and show and tell, which is serious. I mean, you know, many of us learn how to do that in you know, first grade up in front of the class, but with our pants on the adult version is even more fun. And, uh, and, but, but the show and tell that, uh, that good vibrations does is, is really rooted in our very beginnings 45 years ago with sex therapist and educator, Joni Blank, our founder who mm-hmm. wanted to knew that it was important to, Uh, encourage people to talk comfortably about sexuality and the way that she wanted to enter that, that space of, of permission was to make sure that she hired people who could comfortably communicate. And then that she got as much information as possible there in the store. So we would have informational signs. There was a map that showed the, the anatomy of the clitoris and so many different things, just, just, wherever you turned and the good vibrations that I started um, working at in 1990, there was another, another sign about information that people might want to know, even if they were too shy to talk to the staff, if they were not too shy, the staff would tell them all kinds of things and, and point toward good possibilities for them and remind them about lube and, and just, just share a lot of information. But even if they didn't want to talk to another human until the time came to answer, you know, the cash check or credit card, there would be ways to get that information available. And just, just think about an environment that has sex stuff all over the place, but that also isn't just about selling it. It's about communicating about sex information, because that's what so many people don't get enough of in these, you know, these days, much sex ed is no much, no better than it was when we were young, which is scandalous because it's been a minute since we were young. Yeah. It should have gotten better. Some of it has, Jeez. a lot of it hasn't. And on top of that, there's this, there's this idea that if we, um, if we just go watch porn or read some erotica or this and that, 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 well, then that, that will fill in the gaps of bad sex education. And sometimes if you're lucky and you choose the right, the right media to look at, it does do that. But mm-hmm. it's, this stuff is not educational material. It's fantasy. It's arousal material. And it doesn't always tell you exactly what you need to know as far as the gaps in knowledge and filling those gaps in knowledge. People would be, so surprised. I hope I hope that everyone listening to us takes this seriously and tries to do this to to learn as much as they can because it gives you more options. It gives you more pleasure. And even if you find out about something that you don't choose yourself, what if somebody you know, you know, turns out to be interested in that, gets gets tied up in some kind of a, an issue with a partner where they can't talk about that? I mean, there there are. There are reasons all over the place, not just in our own beds, to learn about sex. And I think it makes us more sensible and accepting humans in general. I just um, really believe that. You say it so well, and, and you uh, did actually talk about uh, the last to second bullet point I have and how to have bad sex, which is confusing sex entertainment with sex education. Yes. It's uh, so, so many, especially, uh, especially boys who who will watch porn and then be very disappointed that uh, that doesn't work in real life what they see 
on the screen. And that's entertainment. It's not sex education. It's bad sex education, in fact. So I always say, uh, you know, if, if, if you have, you're, you're feeling genuinely stuck and distressed about your sexuality or your sex life, I think it's so important to turn to somebody uh, like you, a qualified sex educator, uh, a sex counselor, or a sex therapist. In the early 90s with somebody that you know, Dr. Maria Flaherty, she's now retired, but I just uh, so value my relationship with her over many years. She was my supervisor when I was earning hours for my marriage and family therapist. And she and I ran two women's groups, two women's sexuality groups for about six years, every Wednesday, two different groups. And they all these women had had sexual uh, abuse, uh, trauma in their background. And consequently, most of them were not able to reach orgasm. We introduced lots of master, masturbation that they did at home uh, and, and, and sex toys too. Um, and so often these women were able to finally get some help and reach orgasm and, and do lots of things that they hadn't been able to do because they had been, they'd experienced sexual trauma and their, and their bodies um, held memories of it, which um, brings me to the second um, point, how to have bad sex, which is to ignore your body. And because we, we know yeah. that the idea of a perfect body is absolutely fiction. <laughs> None of us have perfect bodies. Uh, I think, I think a lot of people ignore their bodies really at the expense of genuine sexual pleasure and empowerment. So you got to work with the body you've got. It's, That's it's, right. <laughs> it's really important. And even as you age, and golly, I sure know about this because I'm so fortunate to be well into my 70s and have such a wonderful and robust sex life with my husband. Well, you have to make certain adjustments and it's a huge mistake to compare your 75-year-old self with your 25-year-old self. You need to take into account that your body may, may not be able to go into certain positions as easily, or you may have to make other sort of adjustments. But um, anyway, that's, that's important. We've got to, we, we've got, we can't ignore our bodies. We've got to be in our bodies and understand them and be comfortable with them. And part of what I think is so real is just so important about what you're saying there, Diana, is that, mm -hmm. is that, you know, our bodies have a certain wisdom, right? Our bodies, yeah. our bodies know uh, generally when we aren't feeling great about something, when we do feel some great about something, but, but we so frequently suppress that knowledge, that, that, that impulse, that know-how, just because we're not sure how to act on it. We're not sure how to say no. If, you know, it's a situation where we perhaps ought to be saying no, no one ever has given us support for that. We, we haven't seen it modeled in our homes and in our communities enough. And, you know, one of the things about the consent culture movement that, that has been happening for the last several years is I think it's much more likely for people to start hearing that, that it's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to want things. It's okay not to want things. And that anybody trying to pressure us doesn't have our best interests at heart and 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 truly trusting our body's signals of I like that I don't like that you know we we get suppressed in so many different ways not to like what we like and to like things that we don't like because somebody else likes them well that's that's well and good on the surface but it doesn't make for good sex as your your list points out it just yeah. it just steps on our tail as far as finding out what the things are that we really respond to and if we're not responding sexually you know good luck having an orgasm having true pleasure or honestly in many cases even being comfortable physically with the sex uh, so this exactly. is a real thing exactly because uh some women experience pain because they're so tense and they can't really relax and and that's a part of getting comfortable 
and not ignoring your body because some people really struggle to get fully into their bodies. They're really stuck in their heads. Um, and I, in a lot of my clients, the, uh, the husband often is a software engineer for either Amazon or Microsoft. I've got a lot of those kinds of clients and I'm in Seattle, so it makes sense. And so they get stuck in their heads and they, and they may also have trouble verbalizing. They tend to be introverts. And, and of course their work is so demanding and they've got to code and they've got to do all these things, but they get stuck and they have trouble relaxing enough to enjoy what is being shared with them sexually. So, um, you know, I've got um, exercises, uh, full body caressing exercises, sensei focus, also known as sensei focus exercises in my book and you have them in your book. Um, my book, Love in the Time of Corona, your book, uh, The Sex and Pleasure Book, because these help, these may help, they often help, in my experience, help the body put down its armor. And I, I, it, I tell people that if you get, if you have anxiety when you're receiving the pleasure uh, or, or even giving it, Go slowly and try to enjoy whatever gains that, that you're able to make. Go slowly, slow down, but get into your bodies. Notice, have some fun. <laughs> Don't be thinking about your droopy breasts or your rear end because what, tons of sex surveys, lots of them have shown that guys don't are not complaining about this. Uh, it's the women who, who who think that you know they're all uptight about their image and and but what we found is by the time a man wants to sleep with a woman, he finds her attractive. Period. Period. <laughs> yeah, you know when I was working on my first book, Exhibitionism for the Shy. Oh yes, I was. I was that. looking. I was looking for exhibitionists to interview, and of course, I thought I should interview some porn stars. And I wasn't even really thinking fully until I got into the, the the process of writing the book. When it really dawned on me that I was doing doing a couple of different things with 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 choosing these folks, but um, I got I got to to hear from people who were in front of a camera in front of an audience regularly and to, to see how they liked it how they got confident enough all of that that's so that's one of the reasons that that I love having those voices in exhibitionism for the shy yes but also to hear porn performers that we often think of as experts when we watch their movies yeah talk frankly about what sex is like for them and what what comfort in sexuality is like for them. I just think that's an important adjunct for anybody who is watching porn thinking it's a documentary, which it's not, unless it is, and not that many porn movies you will ever find were mindfully made to be how-to informational, you know, documents of sexuality. There are some, but but most of the ones that you find are not, and that doesn't mean they're not terrific and entertaining. They may be wonderful entertainment and exactly. arousal material arousal but, material but what but what what made me think about this whole thing was what you said about about the the, the women getting in their head if that, that there's something wrong with their body and of course i've i've met men who do the same and um but but it's this is often very much a, a raised a woman one of the anxieties of being a woman and worrying about your femininity and physicality and beauty sort of thing. Uh, the wonderful um, Aunt Peg, Juliet Anderson, fabulous, mm. fabulous porn uh, star of the, the 1980s and 90s, um, said, you know, when men get attracted to you, they, they pick part of you to appreciate and adore and it doesn't matter if you don't think that part is attractive they do and yeah. you shouldn't be stopping to talk them out of it and and really just the <laughs> exactly. idea that the idea that if we are worried about some element of the sex that isn't conducive to the pleasure of it um 
you know, that's something that you, I'm sure you've seen people all the time who are up in their head. They cannot get out of their head enough to get in their body and respond with pleasure. And, and it's, I, you know, it's a version of monkey mind as the, you know, yes. the, the meditators would have it right. That, that you right. can, you, your, your mind is racing and you just can't relax. You can't get to pleasure. People have got to stop doing this. It's not a plus to worry about whether or not your breasts are the right size or shape. It doesn't help the experience along at all because let's, for the sake of argument, for one second, say that perhaps someone's breasts are not the right size or shape. What are you going to do in the middle of having sex with your person? It's not a thing you can deal with. So take that out of your mind Mm -hmm. and go towards something that supports the pleasure and the connection that you wanted in the first place. Or else hopefully you would have, you know, said no thank you if somebody said they wanted to have sex with you. It should be consensual and 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 you can follow the pleasure wherever it leads. And the easiest way to start doing that is to take the things that aren't pleasurable out of front of mind, put them on a shelf. You can think about those things later if you must, but don't think about them right now. But if, if it's so often, this is true for, for women in particular, in my 40 years of experience doing this kind of counseling. Um, and, and that is, I think because there's one theory that we females have a bigger corpus callosum, the connecting tissue between the right and left hemisphere of the brain. And so we're better at multitasking. If we have a little baby and we're having sex with our partner and we have to not only think about sex, but we have to, a part of us, the multitasking, we have to listen for the baby to cry just in case. Well, so many women that I work with uh, haven't had a baby uh, for 25 years. Their babies are grown up, but they still do this. So being in the moment, being mindful, we talked about monkey mind. It's very common. I suggest that they, this is Zen meditation, quiet the monkey mind, quiet them gently because they're trying to distract you with all these other things and then come back to center, come back to how it feels, come back to really breathing because when we really breathe, we heighten our arousal. Oh, that reminds me of such a funny story that I think you'll appreciate. We both know Annie Sprinkle and Annie back. Oh, this is probably 25 years ago. Remember the learning annex and they had all these uh, things you could learn through. Yes. Yes. I haven't thought of them for years, but yes. And Annie Annie did a class with them. I remember. uh, That's right. Annie did. And I went to it and it was at the Hilton in San Francisco. At that time, I was living in Palo Alto, and it was only for women, and there were about 60 of us, and it was, she entitled the whole workshop, How to Bring Out the Goddess Within. Yes. So one of the things that she did, and she she told us about breathing, deep breathing, and how that oxygenates the body, and how that will uh, uh, arouse you even more. So she demonstrates in front of all of us. She's on a little raised platform and we're all around her. She starts breathing. She says, you know, as you get more and more excited, you go from ha, ha, ha. And then you get more excited. You're going ha, 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 as you're having the orgasm. Well, she instructed all of us, as I said, maybe 60. My memory is it maybe it was a little less than that. But anyway, we're all doing this and the whole room having this sort of vocalization. It was just great. And this was a long rectangular room and just parallel to it was a bar in the hotel. (laughs) When we came out of this annex workshop, learning learning annex workshop, there were all these men standing there because they were so curious. What is going on in that room with all that these That is fantastic. Moments? I was going to say, then the Hilton levitated. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is just fabulous. And of course, the you know, I, I I'm sure you have have known people who 
were too frightened and timid to make any sound in a sexual mm-hmm. context who who you know not much less will, they won't talk they they won't even breathe loudly or moan and those are ways that that your your body can circulate energy towards your pleasure i just want people to to not be scared to try these things they're they're you can you can take baby steps there isn't one big thing that you have to do to jump in to the deep end you know people can jump into the deep end if they want but there's a shallow end to all of this and i just want to encourage people to to explore it at their pace because the 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 goal is not to change everything about yourself and in and, and your relationship to sex, unless that's really the path that you need to be on. The goal is to be more embodied, as you say, and and more comfortable. You know, I truly believe there's a lot of there's a lot of discord in our country, but I huh. I don't believe there's anybody in this country that doesn't want sex for themselves at least to basically be comfortable if they're having sex at all you know there's there's further to go beyond that in terms of pleasure and enjoyment but but comfort at the bare minimum and and so many people don't have what they need to get to that and I would love to see that change in my lifetime because it would make a real difference in people's lives yeah and that that, that's actually a a segue into another of my bullet points on on uh, how to have bad sex, which is stop paying attention. And uh, because I think sexuality is as much about awareness as it is about action. And if you think about it, Dr. Carol and our dear listeners, from birth to death, our bodies and minds never stop changing, growing and developing, never. And that means our sexuality never stops changing either. But when you stop paying attention to your most personal sexual feelings and experiences, you shut yourself off from the, those changes and from aspects of your sexual self. So the goal then is to become less sexually ignorant as we age, not more. You've got to become less sexually ignorant. Yes. Yes. So talk talk about that a little more. Well, I think, you know, I mean, nobody wants to to really hear that they're sexually ignorant, but the fact is that plenty of people are, and there's no shame in that because- Who taught us not to be? You know, sex education is not to educate us to have good sex. That's not what sex ed is is in this culture it's to protect us teach us and protect us from from negative outcomes right wow. problematic outcomes and and even if it with that as the lesson plan it could do a better job i would argue but you know it, it's 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 mainly the people who who luck into having a, a comfortable and knowledgeable partner who often can open doors for us, but that is not, you, you know, my, my favorite sexology joke, someday my prince will come and so will I. So will I. You know, that's, my favorite too, and that's, some women believe it somehow. Get it? People get it? <laughs> I just think it's a hysterical little joke. And the, the problem though is, of course, that that shouldn't be the way half-ish of the population or whoever thinks about their options for sexual happiness that's that's putting a lot of responsibility and weight that that you know those most of those partners didn't ever get sex education either in on a on a level that we're talking about here so so it's the people who find sex positive community and i don't just mean we are a bunch of people who like to kick our heels up on the weekends and swing from the chandelier we are sex positive because we like sex i mean as you know the 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 community that takes sex seriously sexual diversity seriously that are that that it just is is comfortable and positive about sexuality in general not any any one person's sexual experience which we hope is always good but know that it isn't always and then then i think the idea that 
we could see a therapist, we could see a good educator or a coach, we could, we could find the books recommended by the likes of us and our colleagues. We could look at the kinds of, of video workshops and, and information that we put together. Um, those of us who are professional in this corner um, for the, the, the advancement for the for the continuing education that's what i want to call it of everyone who is a sexual person because folks that material exists it's out there it's ready for you there may be some of you who don't find enough of your specific interest and and identity focus but people are trying to fix that even as we speak you know there is there's always new material being created by the sex educators and therapists because we see how much it's needed, and we know that that's our best uh, shot at getting to the people who need it. Is is making making videos, making YouTube's, making good lord, they're making TikToks these days. It'll only take you, you know, twenty five seconds to learn a thing. You can't believe everything you see on the internet, sadly. But if you trust the source, there's so much to be learned. There's so much. And, and, you know, it's really true how to have bad sex. Don't pay any attention to the information that has been generated by many, many researchers and professionals to try to help you understand what is going on there. Just and ignore will, it. Why I not? Will, I will say to you, Carol, <laughs> and not just because you're on the show today and my guest and my friend, but your book, the sex and pleasure book, public copy, uh, well, it was published in 2015. Uh, along with uh, the co-author is Shar Rednor, but you're the vice president of Good Vibrations wrote in the beginning of the book, um, this book in part, this book is our love letter to you as we invite you to soak up the information on its pages and give yourself permission to know yourself, to love yourself and to lead a more pleasurable life. Amen to that. And then you signed, my, you signed my book. I love this. Diana, let's fill the world with pleasure. We're <laughs> XOXO. <laughs> you know, that's that's a lot of what our work is about, bringing more pleasure in. Let's, uh, let's go back to another bullet point on how to have bad sex. And I really, I this is an important one. <laughs> Grow up, get serious. Because, you know, because sex <laughs> is the closest thing adults have to the kind of play we engaged in when we were kids. That's right. You know, the in, uh, the Inuits of Alaska, formerly called Eskimos, um, they call sex laughing time, laughing time. That's so, beautiful. Isn't that? Isn't that? So and of you, course, so yeah. many of us, so many of us, if, if anybody bursts out laughing during, during sex, so many people would, would consider that horrifying, uh -huh. horrifying. Yeah. And at, when we can laugh in bed, we are, we are not weighed down by yes. the worries of the world. It's the very best place to laugh. If you ask me, it's laughing is pretty good in general, but it's, yeah. I can't think of a better place to laugh. Uh, and I'm so glad that you were writing about this and talking about this because I think many people just think sex is way too serious to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, that's, that's just squirrely. That's, that, that's, that's a, those, you know, it just makes me think of the, the, the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz when, yeah. when they ask him which way to go and he crosses his arms and he points in both directions at once and goes this way and, you know, flaps his yeah. arms. If yeah. people can, can picture the scarecrow, it's like it, you, you are being sent in opposite directions if, if this is what you're trying to, to live out, a serious, serious, sexist, serious business. And then, and then you hope that it's going to be a transcendent and pleasure-filled experience for you. It's you know, hard to have both of the same things at the same time. Both at the same time. And this actually plays a lot with my clients, the men who have erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation, the performance pressure. Uh, you know, they, what, they, what they're really uh, internalizing is, I have a job to do here. Yes, I have a job. I I can't play, and I can't. 
because I might not be able to get it up and sustain it. And, or I might come too fast, you know, and I, my, my partner won't have pleasure. A lot of performance pleasure, performance anxiety about pleasure, um, it absolutely gets in the way. So I, the first few stages of my sensei focus massaging exercises takes intercourse off the table altogether. No penetrative sex. So, and then I get feedback. Oh, wow. Well, we had some fun with stage one and two and got even into a little, I don't assign them all at once, but you know, they, they could relax. They didn't have to worry about penis in vagina, P-I-V. Uh, and so they performed better. <laughs> and if they got an erection, I say, just ignore it for now. It feels good, but you can, they're building confidence that, that other parts of their body can be erogenous and that they can play and have some fun and laugh and relax and breathe and be in the moment and all of those things that make for really good sex. And that's so delightful to experience. And the other thing that is happening when you're, you know, teaching people to do this, Diana, is you're, you're taking away this notion, this really commonly held notion uh, that sex is PIV penetration. That's the definition of it. And yeah. anything else around it is just, you know, sort of fooling around and getting there uh, at best. And, you know, I did not have sex with that woman. Well, she thinks she had sex with you, Mr. President. Yeah, yeah. I talk about this all the time because, yeah. because the things that will tend to arouse most people with clitorises and vulvas don't start with penetration. They may well finish with penetration or have that be a high point in the middle. But if someone is not sufficiently aroused before that starts, no amount of a guy who has trained himself to last all night will make it feel more pleasurable if a high enough level of arousal isn't present to begin with. And this is one of the things that many people do not understand about intercourse. And it's just, it's crucial that they understand it if they want to have intercourse with people who are going to be in, penetrated and need to, to be ready for and enjoying of that experience. Otherwise, it's not fun sex. It's not fun sex, and it can be also uncomfortable. What happens from a physiological point of view, when a woman is sufficiently aroused, and that can be 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes, um, what happens is that, that above her vagina is the cervix, right? The cervix is at the top part, and that's where the baby comes out with a vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. But the uterus is above that. And with enough arousal, sexual arousal and stimulation, the uterus lifts up and away from the top of the cervix. And if that, if that hasn't happened during intercourse, the penis hits the cervix and then the uterus. And of course, that's going to be uncomfortable for the woman. So there's even a physiological reason for taking your time and and realizing that a woman needs all kinds of pleasuring, especially clitoral. Um, that's her, the clitoris has no other function than for pleasure. Isn't that nice that we have something like that? With more nerve endings, six to 8,000, than the penis has 4,000. So, we, we, you know, we're quite superior in a lot of ways, aren't we, Carol, with our, with our well, but I'm, I'm not going to answer that question in so many words. I just want to say that we're not going to be sitting around with all y'all counting nerve endings. We're simply <laughs> going to try to remember that we have got, uh, we've got some, some built-in hardware that we want to respect uh, for, for all y'all who are hardware and software people. It's important to remember oh, that. And, beautiful. and, you know, part of what's, to me, part of what's, really important about this too it isn't just the lifting up of the uterus which is it which is a big deal and which with uh with high arousal is especially likely to happen but the other thing is that just as a person with a penis you know wonders whether or not it's going to get erect well what, what's happening of course when it does is that nerve sensations 
nerve, nerve signals send blood into that region and the blood engorges the penis, makes the erection, um, makes the sensation sensations on it more acute. And the same exact thing is happening to the vulva, the clitoris, the internal uh, walls of the vagina are going to begin to get more wet, although possibly not wet enough for comfort, depending on, you know, whether someone's taking uh, antihistamines or has just smoked bowl or whatever it might be that might, uh, if anything gives you dry mouth or dry sinuses, it will also uh, tend to make the vaginal walls drier than you might optimally like them to be. So, mm-hmm. so that's a whole other, you know, bodily uh, way of understanding why arousal is so important. It's 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 really not optional because once uh, the vulva and vagina are engorged, they are cushier. They appreciate the sensations of penetration and and movement much more than they would otherwise. And you get to a whole different level of sexual experience if you respect the arousal process. You know, for the for the the people with penises or who are worried about their erections, they are very much respecting their arousal process. They're maybe even afraid of it, right? Yeah. But we all have that, no matter what our gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, whatever it is. If we want to engage in anything from masturbation to any kind of play with a partner, that arousal uh, science is important to us, and respecting it will allow us to have such improved sensation experiences. I just I just want everyone to know that there's science and it's not that hard to learn the techniques around it. And if you follow it, you will be pleasantly surprised by the difference in the experience that you can have. Um, exactly. And Dr. Carroll, um, we promised the listeners at the top of the show that we would talk about Masturbation Month and we already have talked a lot about it um, uh, in your book. And I can't stress this enough, listeners. Do get Dr. Carol Queen's book. It's just incredible. I'm, I'm looking at page 188 in it now. And um, masturbation section starts with Betty Dotson. I mean, she's a pioneer in this, the masturbation maven. She says, masturbation is a primary form of sexual expression. Masturbation is the ongoing love affair that each of us has with ourselves throughout our lifetime. Then on the next page, you give reasons to masturbate. And um, let's hit a couple of those reasons right now uh, so that we can take full advantage before we lose May, because here we are (laughs) on the 24th of May, to talk about Masturbation Month. Um, And then we'll come back. I think we'll come back to the final part of of uh, how to have bad sex to wrap this up, but great. Well, I what I really want people to know is that there is still enough May left for you all to start enjoying Masturbation Month because yeah. it is never too late. You can never if, too you, late. if you're not a masturbator now, you can practice a little between now and the end of the month, and perhaps you will want to continue into June, July, etc. Because I, I can't I can't agree more with with Betty's quote. It is. It is a primary love affair that each one of us could have with our own opportunity to experience more pleasure. And and those of us who have worked on self-esteem issues, but but haven't taken it into our actual bodies and thought about pleasure in that way, I know it's just a wonderful adjunct to putting some nice, uh, you know, post-its with affirmations on your mirror, right? I, when I think about mirrors, I think of the, the song that said, love the one you're with, you know, uh, there is yeah. no reason for us to only think about other people coming into our lives to bring us pleasure and, and sexual joy and joy of other kinds. We can build that kind of relationship with ourselves as well. So important. And, uh, and then you can learn, as you point out in your book, you can better learn your body and its responses. And uh, going back to those women that Dr. Maria Clarity and I, uh, the groups that we ran, they were learning about their own bodies and their responses because the, the sexual trauma, the abuse that these women had experienced, uh, um, 
prohibited them. They had so much fear that they weren't able to relax and open up and let go and, and let the orgasm happen because they're so well, they've got so much fear. They're so well defended. And um, it's, um, it's a very real thing um, because for these women, oftentimes, and for many women, sex can be scary. Um, yes. And that's because sex demands that we give up control and expose ourselves, right? That's right. And, and so many don't talk about their desires, don't tell their partners what they really want to do. Uh, and that is a shame because we're not mind readers and we shouldn't be expected to be mind readers, right? That's right. And we shouldn't expect partners. We shouldn't expect that of partners either. I mean, I think that that's part of the, the thing that I was saying early on about the, yeah. just these, these notions that float around in the air, right? This, this notion that if it's real, it's just going to be great from the get go. And, and I was telling you earlier about, about when I wrote exhibitionism for the shy, so many people yeah. saying, if you've got a, if you've got a prepare for it if you've got to you know think of new words for your body parts so you can communicate about them then that's not the person you should be with it's like that nothing can be further from the truth we cannot we cannot afford to believe that there is one person out there who is going to read our mind and please us utterly it's a it's a fairy tale and and even worse sometimes when we find somebody who seems to be that person you know they're love bombing us it's not it's not necessarily always a good thing to get that level of of um self-esteem in a partner it it's it isn't always what we ultimately want so i i i just need people to understand that just as we learn anything else worth doing in this world, cooking a wonderful meal or just enough to feed ourselves and nourish ourselves, driving a car, you know, making a craft, learning how to, you know, do athletics, anything, anything, everything has a learning curve. There's even a neurology underlay to it. The nerves have to grow to support what you're trying to learn to do so that it's easier to do the next time or later. And sex and orgasm are the same way. People cannot just think someone has a magic I was just going to say someone has a magic wand. A lot of us have magic wands. It's a fabulous vibrator. But <laughs> <Yes>. Nobody <laughs> has the magic insight. That is wow. the only way that you can find true pleasure. True pleasure comes through you, through knowledge, through comfort, through intimacy, through communication. You know, that we say this all the time and we say it because those are the things that we know will work. Will work. And, and, and what you're saying is uh, it, it uh, makes me believe that uh, the truth that orgasms are good for orgasms and erections <laughs> are good for erections, right? And yes. the more you have, the more you're likely to have. Yep. And so that probably, uh, what you talked about, the nerves have to grow. So the next time will be better. Um, our bodies are really fascinating and rather miraculous, I think. I the agree. The way we're wired, it's just, and put together. And it's really, I mean, my mission in life and your mission in life is, I believe, is that people will have more pleasure and have a better life. That's right. People are so stressed now about, I mean, the world is a mess. Oh. We've got to have these little oasises. Um, where we can be with, hopefully we have a partner or somebody that we can trust and love, uh, that, that, we, that we can have this oasis of pleasure, this escape into intimacy. And even if we don't, and masturbation may yes. is the best time to remind us of this, but it's yes. true on 365, even if we don't have a partner, yep. we still have what we need to experience pleasure we have ourselves it is not second best it is not something we should put away as a childish thing when we grow up and find a person that's that's not the way it works we are always living in our body aren't we i mean our body may change over time as you said but here we are and if we cannot respect our body enough to respect the pleasure that it can bring that, that just, I, I just think that's a, 
that's a place where people get stuck too. It's not, it's not a manifestation of self-regard and self-love to think that there's something wrong with masturbation. Masturbation is associated with good sexual experiences, with higher levels of arousal, with better self-understanding. It's a pain reliever. It can relax. It can help you go to sleep. It's great for you. And people should not on any level think that it is second best or, or not something to embrace and enjoy. Uh, here, here. <laughs> um, you know, a uh, 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 sex, some, well, I was looking at um, Cosmopolitan magazine, and they have Cosmo's best selling sex toys. And, um, and they've done this for years, Cosmo, and, and they've, they've uh, done their own testing, thousands of options across ever evolving categories, they like to say. And it's fun, fun research. So under clitoral and suction vibes, they've got the Wii Vibe, the Lilo Sona Cruise, which is my now my favorite sex toy. I want to talk about that in a minute. And the Better Love Blowfish. Uh, let's just talk for a minute. We're almost out of time. Well, let me let me talk about the Lilo Sona Cruise. Honestly, I, you know, I've been around a long time and I've used sex toys for since the late 70s. Um, I've never experienced a toy like this with a clitoral suction. It's just amazing, just amazing how deep the vibrations go. And then my husband has learned how to use it too when we have partner sex. It's just delicious and delightful. I'm so happy with my Lilo Cruiser. Those are wonderful. This is a real innovation in the world of sex toys. I mean, wow. this is a this is a pretty innovative field now. I must say, it's a, it's it's a great time to be involved in the sex toy world. But the but the air vibrator, pleasure air, or air vibrators, which is a type that you're talking about with the the Lilo Santa Cruz, is such a different kind of stimulation than most of us have experienced before. The closest comparable, honestly, is oral sex. Yes, that's the, right. that's the, it's, it doesn't feel just like oral sex, but that's probably the closest yeah. comparable. And of course, so yeah. many, so many people with clitorises and vulvas will say that oral is the most, the act most likely uh, to cause orgasm for them. So it's not surprising that so many people find these to be beautiful little orgasm machines. I would encourage anyone who isn't too sensitive clitorally, because for some people, I think they would just be a lot and maybe not pleasurable in, in that way, maybe work up to them um, if you try them, but make sure that you're aroused before you start using the toy. That's a, a technique that can help. But um, yeah, they're, they're, and and who knows, in a couple of years, someone will invent another great thing. It's. It's a it's a scary time to be alive in some respects, but it's a great time to be alive in that one. <laughs> and and uh, I guess we'll take what we can get, won't we? And, uh, and, yeah. and look for look for look for pleasure and and satisfaction where we can. Look for pleasure and satisfaction where we can. And I really I'll, I'll put the good vibrations uh, link up when I do the uh, show notes and uh, the link for your book and. Um, you know, Good Vibrations really make sex toy shopping really easy, and um, and then you're you're be and you provide some sex education not only for people that come into your stores, but can't people ask you questions through through the website? Yes, and of course, if people want to come on to GoodVibes.com and then go down to the bottom of this the very the very bottom of the first page, you'll see a place to to send emails to me, but you'll also right next to that see um, a, a link for events. And if people want to find out what we're what we're doing, some of our events are online. And and you know when when COVID came along, we pivoted away from gathering people together in the store. So yeah. we started to do online events, and uh, they're free. They're I I convene conversations with interesting people, and we have info full workshops and and we'd welcome anyone to come and join us at those and there is the music perfect timing <laughs> dr carol queen thank you so much another just informative show where you know we've got to laugh some and my that was called love lust and laughter i'm so glad we had a good amount of laughter that's right 
uh, today uh, uh, that sex is play, sex is, can be so delightful and humor-filled. And it can be so many other things too. We've covered it really well today, I think. And uh, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you, Carol. You'll be back, I hope. I sure hope so too, Dr. Diana. Thanks. It's always such a pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Carol. Goodbye, everybody. And listen, have some pleasure. A little self-pleasuring never hurts. Mostly it helps. You might have a delicious orgasm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>